0: Jordan and Jake. Powered by Ortho Carolina. The stops. He throws it across field. Guess who? Jordan Gross! Here are your Panther Hall of Honor members, Jordan Gross and Jake Delome.
1: Welcome to the Jordan and Jake podcast, brought to you by Ortho Carolina, your care your way. Jake, uh, before we hit record, we were talking about my feet okay and so ortho carolina as our sponsor ortho carolina did a number of surgeries on my ankles and feet and in doing so it allowed me to play much longer of a football career but when you play o-line for a number of seasons jake you end up with tender feet it's a fairly common issue amongst o-line guys where you just you got stepped on so many times you got your ankles rolled whatever broken toes that you just kind of end up with tender feet and then add that to the fact that I have like a size 15 wide, which isn't the biggest shoe in the world, but it's beyond the threshold of store this inventory. Right. So, Correct. Matt, we were, you were a little tied up getting rolling. So, I was talking to producer Matt about, I don't know how we got on this. And then you came on and you said, Well, where do you order shoes? So, I'll give you the whole rundown on size 15 wide shoe. Okay. So, here's what you do. You come up once you got a size fifteen, which for me happened in around freshman year of high school. You get, I'm sure. The, get, uh, I'm sure.
0: I'm sure your feet matched up with your body at that
1: time. 5'10, so sure size fifteen. <laughs> oh, I, I have a high, great
0: visual in my head.
1: High athletic uh, functioning at that point in time. So you get trained, Jake. You go into a shoe store where you would think that people. This happened way back when I was young. So you'd go to the shoe store and you'd say, "Uh, excuse me, what do you have in a 15? And then the young person working at the shoe store, this happens every time. Oh, we've got a good selection. Just pick out whatever shoe and then I'll check. And over the years you learn, no, you dummy, you don't have a good selection. You need to just tell me what you have in a 15. And then I'll choose from either the purple super high top basketball shoe or the boat shoe with tassels okay <laughs> those are my options but you need to get it so they won't do that so then just you'll pick out something cool like here this nike runner or whatever Do you have this let me go check then they'll bring you back like a 12. i got this it's the biggest i have <laughs> no man that's a 12. i need a, <laughs> i need a 15. so eventually you just quit going to the stores so then you fortunately if you Go the route that i went where you play pro football you got like all these other options but for the common person like which now i don't go to the equipment room and ask for shoes you got to go online and hunt and the best invention ever was the filter button on the internet so you go to a website like new balance or nike or whatever and you select 15 filter wide so you start out it'll say like go to men's shoes click on it 200 options, right? Show 200 results. You're like, all right, I'm doing good. Click on 15, filters down, 89 options. Okay, that's still a lot of shoes. Doing pretty good, but I need a wide, right, Jake? So then I go, filter, wide, show three results. <laughs> and, then, and then you look at them and it's like all stuff that your grandpa would wear. And it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a heck of a challenge. Oh. And my wife loves laughing at me because she's be like, are you looking at shoes again? Yeah, she's like, you're not gonna find anything cool. Well, oh, but the hunt, the hunt remains on Jake. So that, do you have,
0: okay, quick. Next question. Do you put your orthotics
1: into your size 15? wide uh, when you get them? this? This is an even better story. So I was, I have a lot of people don't know this Jake. I have my right leg is anatomically d- built to be about three quarters of an inch shorter than my left. Okay. Right. So if I stand totally barefoot, i am heavy balanced on my right leg because there's a length discrepancy and that just happened with how i grew it's a femur difference so i have to put if i wear like flip-flops for days and days then my back starts getting sore because it's off right so i have to wear this lift but the lift only allows like there's only so much mass allowed in one shoe as it's designed and the lift like puts me over the threshold so i take out I have to take out the insole that comes with the shoe and then slide this other one in so but I can only wear if I wear an orthotic on the left side, then that puts that foot up higher again. So it's this constant balancing act, Jake. It's like I'm a tightrope walker every day when I'm walking.
0: And to think how of a special athlete you were and you have one <laughs> leg three quarters of an inch shorter than the other.
1: Yeah, birth defect imp- is what I call you it, impre- Jake, right there. You,
0: imp- you impress me every time we talk, Thank I you. learned Thank you. So
1: that's five minutes of stuff that nobody wanted to know, but that's the way it goes. But then I got friends that have like a 17 or an 18. Those guys, they're just hoes. They can only wear basketball shoes all the time. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> Nothing else. That's oh, it. Oh, gosh. I'm uh, so personal- lucky. I have I-
0: yeah, I have a 13. So I am right at, you know, the cutoff. Most yep. places will have 13. So it works out. i so lucky. They will.
1: The, the, the good spot though is when you go bowling and you wear a 15, the rental They're shoe brand new. Is, is brand new. Every, <laughs> it's <laughs> brand new every time. And you're like, woo, these are nice. And sliding around, you know, like showing them off. They still got like all the little fuzzies around the stitching. And then my wife who wears, you know, a ladies eight or whatever ladies eight hers are crusty as hell everybody's worn those oh. for 10 years so uh a personal note uh i thought you'd want to know my high school football team is homecoming week nice. big or the was dialed in that's the question little distracted because it's homecoming so homecoming in you know in a rural town it's probably the same for you at your high school it's a big deal like we had the girls' football game last night. We had the students versus staff volleyball game. There's a big cookout um, before the game on Friday. They're not overly dialed in. And, Jake, I made an executive decision this week. I left the team for two days to go down and watch the BNP Paribas Pro Tennis Tournament with my wife. What do you think about that?
0: Well, I how, first of all, I'm sure the tennis was great. I know you guys enjoy that.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, John Isner... Panther, big old Panther fan. He was there. We got to go watch him. I've got to be buddies with him. He got a win. That was sweet. Go ahead. Okay.
0: Gosh, there's so many ways to go. Um, (laughs) Do you think I have to start with this? Do you think
1: you could actually hit a John Isner serve back? 100. percent No. He just make. He was just making sure. He's got the highest, the fastest serve ever in tennis, pro tennis history at 157 miles an hour. But it's nothing for him, Jake. We were watching him 125, 135, 139. Nothing. That's just his normal serves. And he was, John's 6'10 and he was playing this tiny little Japanese guy who's like 5'6. And this poor guy was heck of a good player, but John would do this kick serve. The guy had to return it above his head. Return a serve above your head, Jake, at 125 miles an hour. Now, talk about an athlete! That guy was kicking butt. It
0: amazes me. I love tennis. I enjoy it. My mother, my my wife, they they play it, still play it, and just to watch these professionals play, it's gosh, it's so it's so impressive. And I've tried one time. We had Chanda Rubin. Uh, she is from Lafayette, uh, yep. longtime uh, pro tennis player, and I played with her a couple of years ago. In a, it was her charity event, and so we played doubles, and I was her partner. How awesome was that? Because we're playing against (laughs) two good players, a husband and wife, and they're very good, and I know them. But I mean, Chanda would just put it wherever she wanted, and I'm standing at the net, and they were like diving and just trying just to get it back. And so I'm sitting there in the net, just smashing them every time they return it, (laughs) because it's just these little baby lobs, and I'm just smashing it. So I felt real good about myself um Uh, when i was with chanda so it made my uh my tennis career you know
1: i i I truly appreciated it good that's awesome you and i've only played tennis one time but that's another story um all right (laughs) let's move on jake we got to talk about the eagles game all right you were there you lived through it Uh, uh interceptions losing the you know, the safety getting bummed, you know, blooper reeled out the back of the end zone. I mean, what? Where are we at, Jake? What what went wrong? You know, Jordan, I'm kind of like you. Um, you usually don't
0: fumble words, and you are fumbling words to describe it, and that's kind of <laughs> how I am uh, with this game. You know, it felt like the first half to me. It felt like the Jets' first half were better than this team, and we're only up by so many points. We're only up by this. It's like. Can we put him away? That's kind of what I felt like. And and then even as the game went on, you just felt like, hey, we just need one more score. This game's over. We need one more. And then I thought in the third quarter, uh, Dante Jackson made two unbelievable plays in a row. The punch out fumble uh, that Chin recovered. And then the next series, um, he played two guys in essence, saw Jalen Hurts th- throw it wheeled around, made a great pick, toe tap. And I'm like, okay, this is over. Let's put them away. And we just couldn't do it. So it was frustrating. And I think in listening to every interview from the players after the game um, and reading everything, like the players felt the same way. Like just a complete and utter frustration. And I'm gonna use the word disgust because I know as a player, if we ever let one go like that, that's how you felt. And you just want to get back out there and play because you felt like you you let one slip. And then listening after Wednesday's practice to the pressers and multiple players, and Coach Rule even said it, best practice of the year, uh, very chippy, high intensity, but more like an edge. And to me, I think that's great, because I think you can go one way or the other. You know, a team will start to kind of get a little rocky. but, or you just hey, we got to roll up our sleeves, guys. There's nobody to blame but us. We have to do our job, and at least I, it looks like that's the you know, the way we're leaning right now.
1: Do you feel like there was just in that Eagles game there was just like so many indicators that you could have just steamrolled Philly with? I mean, we're up thirteen three in the second quarter after a field goal we have we have the early interception but we weather that storm and the and philly only gets a uh field goal out of the sleigh that first interception and that was returned into the red zone and then the snap over the head like that just i know that was bad and and having kelsey the center that's all world forever do that was like oh my gosh that would never happens and then just like I don't know. i was sitting there watching it, Jake. And I felt like when we couldn't get the touchdown out of that, it's just, uh, I said to myself, I was, Oh no, that's going to hurt us. Right. It's just like so fortunate. And then for Philly to get a field goal right before the, the second quarter expired, felt like that was kind of the start of the change. And then like you said, Dante had some great plays and points didn't come from those and there was O-line pressure and it just felt, Felt like offensively, you know, the defense did pretty darn well. Reddick had two sacks and it's not like um, Hertz had some amazing game, but offensively it's like, man, we got to be able to put those points on the board when we get those, those opportunistic times, Jake.
0: Oh, Jordan, you said it. And I think the team felt that way. And. You know, it just it carried over, and we we couldn't convert on third and three with four and a half minutes left to go, and then the block punt. And it Ugh. just, uh, it, it it just you felt it just crumbling right. It, it it just it hurt. It stung. It hurt. And then I guess my question for you, because you're the O line expert, what was your thoughts on the whole? situation with Taylor going over to left Brady starting that right what did you take away because Mick Mixon and I during one of the commercial breaks we we're trying to talk about how do you think they're playing tackle wise and it's difficult because we're trying I, I wanted to hone in on those two but you you've got to follow the ball you know yeah. and we have to be able to talk about the play and so it was difficult to truly hone in on exactly how they were playing what, what was your take on that?
1: yeah i i don't like moving guys okay now i'm not in the last like, week exactly yeah I, I and so this is just based on experience and feel from rooms i was in over the years so and i'm not second guessing the move is just my personal i will say this all the time whenever anyone asks me so if you have a right side that you feel comfortable with in Mo, moton and miller then and your center's good paradis now you've got sixty percent of your o-line the starting guys that you decided on, right? So then your left guard is was daily and Pat's coming off of uh, the hamstring thing maybe soon. But anyway, so you've got a guy at left guard who you didn't start the season saying he's our best left guard, right? It was somebody else. So there's a backup. Well, now you got a, Cam Irving's out, so you need to put another backup in. So if you were to put in Brady at left tackle which, Jake, I'll tell you, there's outstanding pass rushers on both sides of the D-line and the interior guys. Like Anybody can beat you, right? So the left tackle is very important, obviously, for the blind side of a quarterback. But it's not like right tackle. You can just throw anybody out there. So if you were to put Brady in at left tackle, now you have 40% of your O-line is backups, right? So in my thinking is, and the way I've always, when talking to O-line guys, if you move Taylor Moten from, even though he's a starter, now he's a backup left tackle. Okay. So he's a starting right tackle, but now he's a backup left tackle. And you put Brady Christensen in at right tackle as a backup. Now 60% of your line are backups and 40% are starters when you could swing it the other way by putting Brady in at the left side. Plus, you've got two newlyweds in daily. And Moten on the left side and Brady Christensen and Miller on the right side. And those relationships take time to develop as well. So Taylor said it after the game. He's like, I felt like I had a week to work on it. I felt I as I was getting better as the week went on Jake, but, it's talked about extensively on podcasts and TV shows and in-game broadcasts that the flipping from right to left, you know, how hard is it and all that. And the, the thing I could always tell people, the best way to explain it is m- most people have shot a free throw in basketball, whether it was in the real game or in your driveway or whatever. It's like learning to shoot a free throw left-handed. Okay, so everything's like it's the same length hoop or same distance hoop, same height, balls, same size and everything. But you got to figure out now, I got to put my other foot forward, I got to dribble with my left hand. My right hand becomes the guide hand, my left hand becomes the shooting hand, and I got to figure this out. And as easy as it seems like you could just flip it in your brain, it takes a lot of reps to get the muscle memory down to where you're able to do it. Now the better you are as a free throw shooter, the harder it is to be the same caliber free throw shooter when you flip it. So if I go out there as a new basketball player, and I'm you know, 30% from the free throw line with my right hand, I swap it, I can get to 30% pretty fast from the left side. But what you get, somebody like Taylor, who's a very, very, very good right tackle, there's going to be drop in his play moving to left side because he's got everything so dialed in on the right side that on the left side, it's not going to be the same level player. So, And now with Cam coming back, it sounds like, Cam Irving, Taylor moves back to the right. And that just kind of messes with the flow and the psyche of a player as their season develops. So I, I hope that Cam stays healthy and we can keep our tackles where they're at. If this happens again, I'm always going to be of the opinion, leave starters where they start and put in backups where they back up. And so that's that's going to be – we'll just run this on loop if, the, if this thing happens again. And this will eternally be my explanation of what I think, Jake.
0: Well, I like hearing that, and um, you know, you obviously played the position, you played right tackle for a year, and then obviously moved over to left, And but I, I like hearing that. I mean, I, I'd like to consider you an expert um, at the position, and that's good to hear, and I'm glad I, it sounds like Taylor's moving back to right, because uh, this Viking defense is, uh, they're not devoid of talent on the defensive line, especially Daniel Hunter, who will be going up against uh, Taylor Moten, so I think it's good moving him back, and We'll see what happens with uh, Pat and with Cam and and things like that, because I think we all know it, we can anticipate pressure. They're going to try to come after us. They're going to try to hit Sam. Um, And and they've been able to get home with four guys. And a lot of times you're seeing a team, um, whatever way you want to call it, a bare front, a sink front, where they're going to cover up all five guys and and go with one-on-one rush and do different twists and stunts inside and, we, we're having a little issue there. So we can be uh, prepared for a heavy dose of that uh, from this weekend and, and on the rest of the season uh, until we we show we can put a stop to it. So now I'm going to kind of transition to one of the positives, I thought, from last weekend because yep. there were some positives. I think, you know, each the loss overshadows so much, but there was a lot of positives. I was thoroughly impressed with Chuba Hubbard and his play. Um, I thought he ran the ball extremely well. Yeah, he, he crossed the 100-yard threshold. That's fine. But I just thought in general, I thought his movement was really good. His cuts were really good. He showed power. Uh, and you could you just you felt it, and you saw just the confidence that he played with. You saw it in the second half in Dallas. You saw it this past weekend. So hopefully there's a, a healthy Christian back. But, man, to have those two guys and to be able to kind of go in and out with those two guys, that's going to help us in the long run.
1: Typically, when Christian plays, he plays a massive amount of snaps. Jake, so do you think that there's a version in between full load Christian and not playing at all, where he comes back this week with a bit of a limited role, like knowing that Chuba, like you just said, can carry more, carry the ball a little bit more?
0: You know, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm anxious sure to see how that plays out. Um, I don't think there's a a. 85% Christian. I think you get 100 at all times. So if he's out there, he's 100% ready to go. Uh, but you can anticipate, I would at least think, there would be some subbing action because Chuba has proven, yet yeah, it's, it's very limited, but he has proven that, hey, he's, he's pretty viable, to say the least. And that can only help us a, a,
1: as we go forward. So let me ask you a couple questions about Sam Darnold. So that he's been under pressure two weeks in a row, the O-line, you know, We've, we've talked about on our on our show and others have extensively as well what take me through the mindset of a quarterback that's had two losses some picks that you're not happy with the last few weeks there's a lot of noise and chatter around the protection issues so that's like seeping into your brain whether you're feeling it or not and maybe you are feeling it so what do you got to do uh, after two rough weeks as a quarterback not Doing what you want to do with the ball to kind of reset yourself, Jake, and start fresh this week.
0: I think the biggest thing is don't overthink. That that's 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 so easy to say and hard to do, but that's exactly what he has to Just don't overthink. Just go run the offense. Uh, just don't worry about what happened the last two weeks, or should I say, the last six quarters. Just go play. Trust what you trust. What you see. Throw it. Take what they give you and, and, and go forward. And listening to Sam uh, in press conference after the game and earlier this week, you know, it's so important to him and he cares. I play with guys that really and truly it's not that important to him. And, I, yes, I know they care, but it, it truly feels like it, it hurts him and it, and it bothers him. And I think that's a great thing. But there's got to be a fine line where it's almost like a cornerback's type of mentality. You have to have amnesia. Like, hey, let's go out there and cut it loose this weekend. Let's go win a game. Let's go win a game. I'm going to play good football, and we're going to get back on back on a winning streak. You know, we're going to get back in, in the win column, and let's start stacking wins. And that's kind of the mindset he has to take. Um, a lot's being made about the connection with him and Robbie and not nearly what um, it was in New York. But, but I, I think you can't worry about that. I think that's totally different. This is its own situation. Um, Robbie was probably his number one in focal target in New York. Well, we have DJ Moore. I mean, he's our number one guy, and rightfully so. So just just let the game play. Just trust what we call when the shots are there to take some shots. Let's take some shots. Let's try to loosen up that defense uh, a little bit because this Vikings team, listen, they smell blood in the water because they're a team that only has two wins. And I'll be very honest with you, they should be four and one. Um Seahawks is the only game I just kind of felt like they didn't have an opportunity to win. But every other game, they lose an overtime to the Bengals uh, in week one. They fumbled the ball in plus territory to give Cincinnati the win. They missed a 37-yard chip shot field goal against the Cardinals uh, to win that game as time expired. The Browns, they have the football um, down seven uh, driving to try to tie the game. And the Browns are a very legitimate NFL football team, to say the least. Uh, and then last week they're you in know, total control of the Vikings and they let them come back and score two point conversion to take the lead with under a minute left. And yet, boom, they come down and, and Joseph kicks the game winning field goal. So I think this is a talented football team. They've got to touch of to a, a bunch of talent. Sounds like Dalvin cook will be back. So we've got a tough task on our hand, but what greater way to, to, to forget about these last two losses and come out and play well at home and against a quality football team. And that's the challenge. That's the excitement. That's the beauty of the national football league. And that's the beauty that I'm going to try to watch Matt rule, get this team ready to play and come out and win, because that's just listening to him. And I really and truly love watching him coach on the sideline. I love watching him. Uh, in the press conferences talking about this team and, and just the process of just building this football team. You know, Jordan, watching from the press box, we have a great view. And I watch the sideline constantly. I just think there's something that can be found in watching the sideline and the flow um, and just the complete operation. Matt Rule is a football coach in every sense of the word, in every position. He coaches guys that are inactive uh, or practice squad guys, whatever it may be on the sidelines that are in street clothes. He's coaching them during the game. He's walking up and down and talking to them about it. And he just, you know, he sees it, he gets it. And he's just, he's, he's, I truly believe
1: he's putting his mark and his stamp on this football team. Well, let's hope he's coaching himself to a 4-2 and record, Jake, because that sounds a whole lot better than 3-3, and and I know the Panther fans at home would be happy to hear that. So you have a good time. You get the week off next week, Jake. I'm going to call a game in New York City. I'm looking forward to it. I love it. Enjoy. I know. Have a good call out there. Let's get to four and two. I'll be watching you from home like always. Good talking to you, Jake, and uh, we'll see you next week.
0: Well, you got it, and good luck with the big homecoming game, and uh, hopefully the team can get laser-focused and get get this big homecoming win and uh, start the weekend right
1: for the Panthers. That's right. There you go, buddy. Talk to you soon. Take care. Jordan and
0: Jake, powered by Ortho Carolina. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with a click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina. Your care, your way.